0: it's funny how money changes situations. Miscommunication lead the complication my emancipation don't welcome to one day contract time. the Panthers talk show where each week we' are joined by a new personality who we've signed to a one-day contract to join the show one day contract is a proud part of the riot network powered by Ortho Carolina be sure to check out some of our network mates keep pound Den. The Roaring Riot Podcast, or it is what it is for even more great talk about your favorite team. And follow the Riot Network on Twitter, at the Riot Network, to stay up-to-date on all your favorite pods. Subscribe, rate, and love us where you get your podcasts. My name is Nikki Wolf. Alongside of me, as always, Mr. Colin Hoggard, columnist and contributor for the Riot Report. And he thinks the Belk Bowl should be renamed the Marshalls Bowl.
1: Better selection, better prices. It really is. You get good deals at Marshalls, which You're, is nice. You really can't. You really can't. I I have probably spent more money at Marshalls than Belk, if we're being honest about things.
0: Do you think that the Twitter handle would be as entertaining if it was the Marshalls Bowl?
1: Well, I mean, the Belk Bowl Twitter handle is overrated anyway. Belk so Bowl, bus bowl. Oh. Wow. Hot.
2: That's, oh, a that hot is, take, that's a pretty hot think. take, I think. That's a hot take. Is it a hot take? Are we taking down the Belk Bowl at Belk Bowl immediately? I mean, I'm
1: just saying. Marshall's Bowl. Marshall's Bowl would. I. I, I feel like have. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. I feel like. I feel like you've scared me off now. That I should be assaulting the Belk Bowl Twitter. <laughs> the, the, the QC uh, mafia is going to be after me now.
0: That's true. The QC Twitter mafia. Yeah. Uh, my other side here, Mr. Josh Klein, managing editor for the Riot Report, co-host of It Is What It Is, and he is ecstatic that his mother-in-law is visiting on one of the only Sundays when he has a possibility of drinking beer and watching football all day.
2: Yeah, I'm really thinking about doing the thing where it's like, oh, babe, I gotta, I gotta do a little bit of work. I gotta like finish up on Sunday. She, she doesn't listen, so it's fine. She downloads, doesn't listen to this pod, so I can, t- I can say anything I want. And like, I'm gonna say, babe, I love you so much, but like, maybe just spend you, you spend some time with your mom. I gotta do a little bit of work, and then just kind of stretch that out as far as I can.
0: You know what you could do is like get be them. honest with my
2: wife. No, absolutely <laughs> okay. not. Honesty
0: right. is not the key to anything. Um, You should get them like a either massage or pedicure, something that gets them out of the house.
2: Smart. All right. So you guys talk amongst yourselves. I'm just going to (laughs) be on my phone uh, looking at Groupons for the next 10 minutes.
0: Grouponing it. I will introduce our guest on the one day contract this week, Vincent Richardson, live via Skype from Italy. Yeah, you heard that right. From Italy. Jazz drummer, sometimes bartender, always analyst for the Riot report and still hoping that Kurt. I still can't say his last name. I ruined it already. <laughs> say it. Thank you. There we go. There it is. There we go. He wants him to get a shot somewhere. There's always a chance, right?
3: Yeah,
2: Vincent, you're here. Get excited. I know it's yeah. late. Ooh. What time is <laughs> it there? Good.
3: It is ten past midnight, quarter past midnight, something oh, like that.
2: Man, did you have a, a, some coffee or an espresso? Or uh,
3: I... I, I, I had three coffees this morning, but no, I haven't had anything since then. This is this is just sort of the dregs of what's left from a day's work.
2: (laughs) Well, you look great.
0: You do. Well, thank you. You look fabulous.
3: Via
2: the internet.
0: The internet. Wow. Isn't it crazy what the internet does?
2: It sure is. It's actually, it's taking, the internet is taking our voices and putting them into somebody else's ear holes right now in the future from when we're going to, don't think about it too much. It'll blow your head up.
0: Too late. All right. As always, we start with Nikki's super important question. Now, if you want your super important question as part of this, be sure to rate us on iTunes and leave us a question. I'll ask it on the show. So, Christmas, here it comes. <laughs> Tell us either the best or worst Christmas gift that you've ever received.
2: Oh, man. Okay. Do I need to go first? <sighs> um. <laughs> okay. So, here's my problem is I have <laughs> – Colin's already looking at me with dread because he knows I'm going to – Lambast, whatever he says. Lambaste? <laughs> um, the thing is, is that I think that my. So, my Christmas gift, I actually got a great Christmas gift from my beautiful wife uh, probably She's not like listening. six or seven years ago. No, it was. It was great. It was, uh, it was a brand new, like, legitimate, like, Nike Cam Newton jersey right when they had switched over to the Nike jersey. So, it was the very first Cam Newton jersey. The problem was. It was on, like, December 2nd when she was like, I got you a really nice present, and I was like, cool, let's wait because I don't like to be – and she was like, it's a Cam Newton jersey, and I was like, well, now you need to get me something else because I need to open something and be surprised <laughs> on the first night of Hanukkah for myself, Hanukkah, and uh, and for Christmas for my, for my beautiful wife. I don't like to know what I'm going to get. That's not what presents are about. It's like when somebody says, hey, I would like for you to buy me – this pair of shoes, like that's not a f- that's not a present. That's just you telling me. Why don't I just give you eighty five dollars in cash and you go buy them yourself?
1: You know what? That's also called being an adult. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Adulting. <laughs> <laughs> what?
2: Am I? Am I? I would like of a-, a
1: sparkly bangle. No, just get me a weed eater. Okay, <laughs> I have I have practical needs.
2: Thank you.
0: Get me a dishwasher.
2: Yeah. Yeah. But you don't want somebody to tell – you don't want to ask for a dishwasher and then have them give you a dishwasher. Wouldn't you rather hint quietly that you want a dishwasher and then it's like, oh, a dishwasher. Like,
1: oh, welcome to our house. We have no plates <laughs> uh, to serve you dinner on because <coughs> 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 we, uh, we we just don't have a method right now to, uh, you know, clean the plates. <coughs> like that kind of subtle hint. Yeah, that sounds like okay. hints to me. And, okay. then,
2: and then, like, it sounds like the dumbest, like, Husband on a sitcom would be like, oh, sounds like she wants a dishwasher. <laughs> and then you buy the dishwasher, and then everybody's happy. Mama's happy. Dad, Papa's happy because he got a great gift.
1: You just want the moment of tearing open the, open the paper and going, oh, my goodness, a dishwasher that I had no idea I was going to get.
2: A G.E.? <laughs> you really do love me. Yeah, that is. Yes, of course. Who doesn't want to feel loved and feel like they don't know what
3: they were going to get?
0: true vincent what about you christmas best or worst gift
3: um i'm still young enough that most of my gifts are still sort of in the toy category (laughs) um so so, i don't know i i think my parents got me like i don't know the eighty eighty from star wars like a lego one of those was about 10 and that was all christmas day just sat at the kitchen table making this lego model for about six hours that was pretty good
1: i definitely spent more than one christmas building legos
0: me too. I don't. I, I don't love Legos. I don't remember
1: ever being a big Lego guy, but you were more of a Duplo guy. <laughs> <laughs> they were too too small for my fingies. <laughs> and they hurt when I stepped on them. <laughs> uh, the worst gift ever. I'm still not sure. Oh, are we
2: going best and worst? Or are we just? Was it like Either one or the or, other?
0: Or you could t- tell us your. worst Mine was too. both.
2: Well, I thought it was the worst. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It was, it was the, the best
1: and the worst. It was the best. Yeah. This was just all encompassing. I Dickens. still think it may have been. I still may have think it would have been an, a, a trolling job, but this is before we called it trolling. But uh, a, a V-neck Carolina blue sweater, the kind that you might expect a, uh, a, a male cheerleader to perhaps wear. Um, it was given to me by some Duke grads, so I, I was suspicious at the time, but now I'm pretty well convinced that it was all a setup. <laughs> well, you likely looked great. I, in I, I don't, do you have any pics of that? I don't that think we could I perhaps pulled, attach on the off. show page? There's, a, there's a turtleneck um, associated with it. was. It wasn't my finest
2: hour. <laughs> I don't know. That's probably th- the worst. I think you did great, Nikki. I want to know worst <laughs> gift, not best. I don't care about your best. We only want negatives.
0: Well, my best gift turned out to be the worst thing my mom has ever uh, bought me. When I was a little kid, she got me a camera because that's like I don't know why I wanted a camera. No kid needs a camera. Sure. And I mean when I say camera, like this like cheap camera, but I it. Like used a disposable
1: it. or like a. Or, like, a a step above. It was a
0: step above a disposable, but a very small step above. And I would use it to take (laughs) pictures of all of my toys, like my dolls and my Care Bears and all that. For
2: insurance purposes? (laughs) (laughs) That sounds like the work of a sociopath. (laughs) Just cataloging them?
0: (laughs) Just so, you know, I had pictures of all my toys. And then I would make her go develop them and pay for that. So this turned into a very expensive gift down the road. Oh, so
2: not for you. That's just the worst gift for you. It was
0: definitely the worst gift for.
2: Yeah, parents always regret gifts for their kids because they never appreciate it. And it's usually they either break it or you end up having to develop (laughs) weird pictures of toys.
0: Like every week, I'm like, Mom, I need more film.
1: Was it the same photo? Like, did you set them up in the same like spot and then just like take them for like cataloging, or were, were you like I putting so. them like, in scenes? Like, were they? And I mm. would like put
0: all the pictures in a photo album. Like, oh yeah,
2: this <laughs> is the work. This <laughs> is the stuff weird. that gets brought up in, <laughs> in, and gets put, placed into evidence.
0: <laughs>
2: this is an episode
0: of Criminal Minds. Yeah,
2: here's the book. Here's the 18th book. They're all the same pictures.
1: I mean, I didn't kill um, the rabbit. A, a, a car hit it. I just posed it for three days. <laughs> First it, of all, there were toys. It was one of my toys.
2: <laughs> His name is Calvin. Yeah, Listen. because you're guilty. <laughs> that's what they're called, guilty hiccups.
0: Guilty hiccups. No, like my My little ponies, my Care bears. I have to take pictures of all of them, right? Yes. Yeah, that's what cameras are for. Or something like that. Okay. (laughs) Okay. Okay. I guess we have to talk about football now.
2: Yeah. Oh, also, once uh, I saw my mom get my dad um, a pack of blank T-shirts that they could then um, iron on uh, stuff to. That was the plan. But the present itself was blank, like, plain white tees. Sweet. Happy Hanukkah to you. (laughs) I've I've gotten a printout of an item from Target.com.
1: Yes. That never, ever arrived. (laughs) Oh, no. They didn't even get it for you? No. Nope. Just the printout. This is what I was thinking about getting you. I didn't, but I really thought about it, and that's what counts.
0: I bet you would love this, (laughs) but you're not getting it.
2: Best of luck.
1: I found this for you. Here's the
2: price. Here's the (laughs) link. Just type in the website got a lot of X's and V's in it. Uh, One time, my sister-in-law handed somebody a printout of a Groupon for something that they had bought. So she had bought her a Groupon for the thing and then handed her a printed-out version of the Groupon. Oh, man, it was spectacular. (laughs) Vincent's so excited he stayed up for this.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Vincent's like, this is terrible. Shut the laptop down.
2: Much like most of our listeners.
0: (laughs) My boyfriend 10 years ago got me a, a like a coat for christmas like
2: sounds pretty nice
0: just a coat i was like oh
2: were you hinting that you was were it cold like a all Michael cold were you or like something? oh, i'm so cold no that sounds like a fine gift yeah you I can don't know. you
1: know. you can do well with a coat but i could sounds also see bad. it being it being bad like if it looks like you just went to burlington coat factory and and you know like stole something from a high school kid and then <laughs> and then gave it to your girlfriend i could see that being problematic but i could also see A a nice jacket being a a, a lovely gift. I agree.
2: Or, you know, you could just take more pictures of your toys, (laughs) and that'll be a good gift.
0: This is the same boyfriend that the bar he worked at. He came home one night with this really nice jacket and was like, I got you this. I was like, oh, really? No, some girl left it at the bar, and he took it and brought it and gave it to me. Sure, but he still got it for you
2: from the bar. That doesn't – that's a – that's a no. thoughtful gift in my mind. That's being resourceful. Now, Thank the you. only
1: objection is maybe he could have gotten it clean beforehand, but that's being a little snooty.
0: Exactly.
2: I would <laughs> well, say super, super snooty. I am pretty snooty. Snooty Wolf.
0: <laughs> that's me. <laughs> snooty Wolf. Changing that on all of my social media. Yep, your host, You're right Snooty now. Wolf. Welcome. Snooty Wolf. All right.
1: You do sound like a 74-year-old weatherman. Snooty Wolf out in the field. (laughs) Point,
2: flat hand, fist. (laughs) That's a very obscure joke. Sorry that nobody's going to get.
0: Oh, I'm going to tell Larry Sprinkle I'm coming for him.
2: (laughs) Here comes Snooty Wolf right on your britches.
0: That sounds so weird. This
2: is why I feel like we almost got to football and I looked at the clock and I was like,
1: not enough nonsense. Snooty Wolf was a second baseman played for the Cubs that had the speed to stretch a single into a double. Snooty Wolf was. <laughs> Snooty uh, Wolf
0: sounds like a like an old fat baseball player that probably has like a stogie in his mouth while playing for the Cubs. Stump. Snooty
1: Wolf sounds like Charlie Chaplin's uh, stunt stuntman.
2: It sounds like a failed Acme cartoon character
0: <laughs> that didn't make it. It's on the cutting floor somewhere. That's right. Okay, now we'll talk about football. Boom. Before Vincent like loses signal. <laughs>
2: Yeah. Um, go through a tunnel,
1: you guys. We're improving American international relations right now. I would say
2: improving.
3: Is this
0: why the rest of the world hates us? <laughs> Stuff
3: Vincent, like this. weigh in. Is this why? Uh, I'm, yeah, I'm not going to comment on that one. <laughs> There's a lot that goes into that one.
0: That's for another podcast. Yeah. So the State of the Panthers, which is pretty okay. sad. This <laughs> Not as sad as the State well, of the two, Union sometimes. Two states but... of the Panthers. <laughs> oh, yes. mm, oh, two states, one team of the that's Panthers. That's true.
2: That's a really nice joke.
0: You know, the season, you start 6-2. and two, You're so excited. Here we go. And then you lose. And then you lose. And then you lose three more times. And you lose five in a row. Vincent, talk to us about what's happening. The 6-7 and seven now. How do you go from 6-2 and two to 6-7? and seven?
3: I mean, so part of the issue is if you look at the game's when they were 6-2, and two, if you look at the wins they did have, it wasn't like they were really, really impressive and then just fell off a cliff. They, they needed a ridiculous field goal to beat the Giants. They needed a ridiculous comeback to beat the Eagles. And then they beat a fairly bad Cowboys team at the time and um, a, at the time, again, a fairly mediocre Buccaneers team. So the only sort of vaguely quality wins were against the Bengals team, which has since fallen off a cliff. And then it's the Ravens. So it, it, it's not like they were, you know, kick the Saints a few times and, you know, beat the Falcons in Atlanta and then just went and lost to the Browns and the Lions and all the teams they went and lost to. But it's a, it's a team that hasn't, I was thinking about this earlier, like if you compare it to say the 2016 season where they come from 15 and one and they look amazing and then, they finished six and ten, although they finished six and ten, one a load of stuff went wrong that was almost certainly going to hurt them, like you know Michael Erb getting injured and then the whole offensive line falling apart. But also when they were winning early in the season, it looked really like they looked like the 15 and one team when they kicked the crap out of the 49ers in the second week of the season. like before the wheels fell off against Minnesota, they looked like the team they had been the year before. It's just then a load of injuries happened, they fell apart. Like, I don't think this team this season has ever really looked that convincing apart from maybe the Ravens game. And given the talent they've got that, that that's going to have to come back to coaching. And I think that's, that's ultimately where it's probably going to come back to because th- there's no reason why a team, I know in the last few weeks, there've been other reasons why things have gone wrong, but throughout the season, this team has been unconvincing despite a talent level that should make them a comfortable playoff team.
2: Yeah. I mean, they're the, you're absolutely right. They've, they've been built. We've been saying it all year. They've been building this roster to win now, right? The, the whole idea when yeah. coming into this year with a 38-year-old Julius Peppers and Thomas Davis is in his final year and Ryan Khalil is going gonna, is gonna to retire is because this is the year. They're going to win the Super Bowl this year. And for them to come out and, and play like this, it's got to get blamed somewhere. And I don't know that the blame should be all lumped onto Captain Munderland, which is what I keep reading on Twitter. <laughs>
3: No, I mean the the other issue you do have with this roster is that it was built by two GMS over the space of about five years. So there are moves that were made intentionally for the view of of Dave Gettleman, which which Marty Herney can't really get away from, like like the Captain Munlin signing. Like Munnlin was signed when this was predominantly a zone defense, like that. The transition to Sean McDermott to Steve Wilkes wasn't totally clear, but. It looked like they were just going to play a lot of zone again. You had long corners in Bradbury and Worley. You had Munlin who has always been a zone nickel. And that kind of makes sense. But as soon as you start playing more man coverage, that's never been Munlin's game. And so you've suddenly got a guy who's always been a zone nickel playing in a man, a scheme that's playing at least a lot more man. And it's just the same is true at a number of positions where you had you had guys who were signed when the team had one plan in mind and that plan has changed and it's now... It's it's not a totally coherent roster in places, like particularly in the defensive backfield, I'd say.
2: Yeah, I mean, I guess that that is true. Some of the signings that essentially Gettleman made, and some of the draft picks that Gettleman made over the first the first rounds of the last uh, few drafts that he's made, or the last few drafts that he had for the Panthers, have really come back to haunt the the team on and where they're they're not able to get any pressure from their front four which is could be could have been alleviated with a couple of differently drafted guys and while he did have a couple of gems I I think we're going to look back on the Dave Gettleman era of the Carolina Panthers and be very disappointed
3: well yeah I oh yeah I, I,
2: I think I think it's interesting
1: we say that because I think you could make a case that, that some of the players that walked out the door, Starlo Tulele has been one of the guys that we've discussed, but also a guy like A.J. Klein, walking out the door. This team is not as good on the defensive side where both of those guys have been contributors over the last several years. And so because they made choices about letting Gettleman guys go, I don't think that that's necessarily getting weighted in the, in the same
2: direction. That's a good point. I, I, I don't they- know. Go ahead.
3: Yeah, and I, I mean, I, like with those two guys in particular and with other guys, I mean, so, I mean, Gettleman did, like, if you look at the first two or three years he was here, he did a really good job of making this team competitive with almost no cap space. Like, finding low-value free agents was something he did really, really well, and he did address, like, this defense before Star and KK came was really not very good, like, even when Luke Keating's rookie season he, he, there was, he, I mean, you had Ron and Dwan Edwards were starting defensive tackles before you signed Star and KK. Like, you know, it, it shouldn't be underestimated how important getting those two guys was. However, I, I, I don't think losing Star and AJ Klein changes this defense that much. Like, it, it, obviously, you'd like to have those guys still here, but Starletu Lay is there is, on paper, there is no reason why Dontari Poe should not be better than Starler Lay. And AJ Klein would not start on this defense right now, anyway. Probably.
2: Well, uh, let's, uh, let's uh, talk about Star cool. versus Dontari Poe because on you say on paper, but that is really I mean, legitimately the ba- the differences between last year and this year are essentially everybody's a year older, and Dontari Poe has replaced Star Latulule. And Dante Jackson has replaced Daryl Worley. And I think we can all agree that Jackson is probably an upgrade over Worley from a from yep. a technique standpoint, from a skill standpoint. So if that is the big – if the biggest change is Star versus Dontari Poe, and this defense has – for all accounts, I mean, for all intents and purposes, it's fallen off a cliff. I mean, if you ask me, they're probably one of the worst defenses in the NFL. That might be an exaggeration, but they're certainly – They're certainly in the bottom third. And, like, how is that possible from just Dontari Poe? Like, they can't all go on Poe's shoulders.
3: No, no, I'm not sure really any of it goes on Poe's shoulders, if I'm honest. I think there are a number of other things that have changed as well. Um, I I think Julius Peppers last year, his sack production was really quite anomalous. Like, if you look at how, how often he got pressure versus how often he got sacked, that's just not something that was going to continue, realistically. Like, he, he turned a ridiculous number of his pressures into sacks. And that was just, one, he was going to get a year older anyway. Two, they ended up paying him more than they paid him last year. by quite, It was almost double what they paid him last year. And then three, his sack numbers were a little bit optimistic last num- last year, should we say. So, that, like, your pass rush, by, it was going to get worse unless you made it better, and they did nothing to make their pass rush better from the edge. Um, and then you also have. Um, a excuse of...
2: me, they drafted Marquise Haynes, so it's a huge upgrade.
3: Uh, yeah, I'm not, I, I can go into that one if you want, but <laughs> I, I, I. Marty uh,
2: Herney's I, never liked small defensive ends before. No, never, never, not his thing. But
3: the, you know, but you, when, but when they when they signed Haynes, they were talking distinctly about him running this Joker role. And the issue is, is that Haynes was a guy who had never dropped into coverage at all in college. So you're expecting like. They they had a they they did seem like they had a clear idea of how they wanted to use Haynes, but there was no evidence that Haynes could ever play that role. Uh, I mean, it's a fifth round draft pick. You don't need your mind over a fifth round draft pick, but they drafted a they they effectively sounded like they wanted to draft a three four outside linebacker, a guy who could rush off the edge and then drop into coverage. But what they all drafted was just a really small defensive end. And uh, I, yeah, I, I think they, that that was a pick that I don't think is going to look good in a year's time.
1: We can focus on the two GMs. I think it comes down to one owner. I I think a lot of two these two GMs, guys, one owner. Yeah, I think that, <laughs> I think this comes down to, to this is these were Jerry's guys. It, that, a lot of these guys, point blank, were just Jerry's guys. And I think a lot of them have maybe become better businessmen than football players over the last couple of years. And you know they they've gotten a little older. Uh, they're they're worried about other things. I mean. And, and, and that's fine. I, that Go get yours. That's fine. But I do think that this team suffered this year from the, uh, the fact that I don't think Jerry wanted to look around and see a bunch of new faces. I think he wanted to see a bunch of old, familiar faces as he was winding up his tenure as Carolina Panthers owner. Just we, since we disagree on the defensive side, what about we flip to the offensive side? Do you think you would rather have Andrew Norwell or Ryan Khalil? That seems to me to be a, a decision. I mean, Ryan Khalil's contract was already a discussion point in, in the preseason. And you choose the older offensive lineman over, over a younger guy that, that's playing at the top of his game. And that money easily could have been slid to Norwell. That decision wasn't made. I, I just look at this as this really is the end of an era. And a lot of these decisions, particularly with, I think, the older guys – and, again, this is no this is no trade secret. I mean, that's a lot of what was out there about why Gettleman got fired – that I think we are going through a season where, just like we have in the past as Panther fans, you have that one year where it hangs on a little bit too long and everybody gets a little bit older. And as a roster, you get old fast. And I think we're living it right now.
3: I There's also, I think, not to bang on about coaching, but I think coaching does have a lot to do with it on both sides of the ball. I mean if you want to look at what's different about this defense versus last year's defense, like I I don't think Steve Brooks was an amazing defensive coordinator. And I, I think maybe Washington in a year's time with some growth could have become a good defensive coordinator, but there were, he made some fairly significant errors in how he designed the defense and that's fine. Like new coordinators are going to do that. The issue came is that as the weeks went on, these weren't fixed. They just kept rolling on. And if you go back and watch the Steelers game in particular, the Steelers have clearly identified some flaws with the way that the Panthers line up their defensive backs and they just go after them again and again and again and again and again and again. And, again. and, and the Panthers don't adjust and they keep getting burnt on these quick hitting. I mean, there were plays where literally Roethlisberger was taking the snap and just throwing it straight out to the receivers because he knew the corner was 15 yards off and even if they met in the middle, that's a seven-yard game. Because the corner can't The, cover Steelers... I mean, but, the but, corner the, can the, cover them. But you don't know. But the thing is, it, it makes it. Hard. If a corner's fifteen yards off, it means they have no chance because sure. it means that they they sure. spend their entire game having to focus on the fact that they're going to get hit on five yard hitches over and over again. Do you
1: think they had a chance? Do you think they had a chance if they played up press with this with the cornerback roster that they have? do You think they have a better ha- chance playing up close?
3: I think. You Yeah, you have a better chance of playing up close because if you play off, you have no chance at all because any team that does what the Steelers does identifies that and knows they can get six yards every play. And if you get six yards every play, there's no need. Like, the issue is then is that, that then sets them up on double moves and everything over the top. All you have to do is hesitate on the underneath route. The corner knows. If they or Theron, like it's- off man... if.
2: But, but it, that happened on the first play of the game. It wasn't like they were setting him up to have him hesitate on the oh, underneath route.
3: No, I, I I agree. But like they, they also you know had some other flaws. Like it wasn't the only thing that went wrong defensively. And like like this week against Cleveland was a really good example of when the like those things affect. Like they, Ron has all season and for the past couple of seasons, whenever they've lost, it's always been the there are three or four things we did wrong, and that's not really an accurate way of looking at it. I don't think that helps because you can just say, yeah, we'll take off the four plays they scored. And look, we won the game. Um, (laughs) That
2: is true though. If you take away the big plays from Baker Mayfield, he didn't have that good of a day.
3: No, no. I'm just joking. I'm sorry.
2: I know that that came off like I was being serious.
3: But but the but the Browns game is actually a good example of where defensively they were kind of let down by three or four plays. Like the long play to start the game, I think probably is on Dante. Like I know I know Ron should not rag on his players, but I think that was just a rookie making a rookie mistake. And I think I think he was meant to be in cover three, and he let the guy get over the top. I mean that that is just player error. You that's he has the speed, but that shouldn't be happening. The the long Baker Mayfield touchdown is just blind luck. I mean you can throw that pass four times out of five and he gets picked off. That's just you you know. It's one of those ones where you go, fine, throw that, but we'll pick it off more times when you complete it. That's, that's just, I mean, there was a, the, the same thing happened with Mayfield the week before against we the Texans in the first half. There's like this deep crosser going from left to right that he threw. And he threw a, a basically, they identical pass three times trying to fit it over triple coverage. And one time it was this most ridiculous throw. And the other time the linebacker just picked it off. And it's just one of those things where it's a, back, it's a quarterback taking a high risk that you should punish him most times. But he got away with it the one time. And then the other two were the long runs. And I can't remember exactly what goes wrong on the long chub one. But on the laundry one, it looks like a player just gets in the wrong gap. And like though those are the mistakes where you can then start going, these are two or three things we fix. But when you look against games like the Steelers and a certain amount against the Seahawks in the second half as well, and I know they've got they had they didn't think their corners could cover, so they put them off, but it just meant they were just targeted underneath all the time. It just meant they could the opponents could just sustain these long drives without having to take any risks. At least when you're trying to fit a 40-yard bomb over the top. That's a really hard throw to make. And unless it's wide open, I'd almost rather they were taking those shots than they were just being able to get seven yards every play to the flat.
2: If I can play devil's advocate, okay, you can do one or the other. You can play. I really do feel like you can play 10 to 12 yards off, but you cannot play 10 to 12 yards off and also give up 60-yard touchdown passes over the top. You could do yeah. one or the other. So if you're going to play 10 or 12 yards, you keep everything in front of you, You say and you just kind of say, okay, well, well they're, we're playing against Baker Mayfield. He's going to miss, or he's going to make a bad decision, or uh, whatever, Callaway's going to slip. Like, there are all kinds of options of what you can do, or like, you know, maybe a linebacker's going to get in the way and pick something off, but you can't, you cannot play 10 to 12 yards off for 90% of the game and then on, the, uh, on some of the plays, give up passes over the top. It's the same thing against the Seahawks. The reason that they got beat, and, it, and I hate to sound just like Ron because it, it's frustrating what he says after the game. The reason they got beat is because they got beat over the top, not because they were getting beat underneath. Yes, they were getting beat underneath, but they got beat over the top. You can't win against the Steelers when the first play goes for 75 and a touchdown or when Antonio Brown goes for 53 and a touchdown or when Cam Newton throws it up in the middle of the field and you get pick six. Like, that's, that's how you lose games. But I, I get it that it's very frustrating to watch them playing off. But when they are playing off, at least they are making tackles. Like, that is obviously part of their defensive scheme – and whether we like it or not, and obviously I think Vincent, you don't like it. Colin, I I assume you don't like it as well. Well, it's it's worked it's worked pretty well. That's the that's the. That's thing. what I'm saying. It has worked pretty well, except for when you give up fourth and three, forty yard touchdowns to David Moore. Yeah, no.
1: The, the, well, the defense have been problematic, and we've talked on this show for a long time about how the defense is not special, despite the fact that people have been trying to inflate it. This defense just is not special. They're just not. I mean, look. It, Luke keekley and, and this just shows you. Luke keekley had is, what more could you ask out of Luke keekley than, than what you got out of the, in the Cleveland game? We
0: what? watched him run fifteen yards to beat our secondary to make a tackle. There is no instance where that should be happening. I
1: mean, he is ever. The, he is the best, one of the best defenders going. He has a game like that, and what did it mean for this for this team and for this defense? I mean, they lost the Browns. It, they lost to the Browns.
3: I mean, if, if, if you if you want to look at the Browns game, I mean. I know I, I don't obvious. The, 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 okay. But no, no, the, no. Def, the, I don't, the, the defense clearly wasn't good, but they scored 20 points against the Browns. Like yeah, absolutely. 20 points does not win. Tw- like if there have been games this year, when you could absolutely point the defense and just go, you, you, realistically, that's what lost us the game. They, they, they scored 20 points against the Browns. They scored like, 17 against I, the
2: bucks, the bucks, the defense, the Panthers defense for all the bullshit that we want to give. There's one, there's one curse. Uh, for that we want to give the the defense and how terrible they are. Nice, thank you for writing it down. <laughs> um, it, for everything that we want to give the defense and how terrible they are, and they can't they they let everybody. They're playing too far off. They gave the ball back to Cam Newton in the offense four times in the fourth quarter, down a score, and Cam yep. promptly threw two interceptions, turned the ball over on downs, and the game ended. That's how that happened. That's how. You, that's why they lost that game. Same reason why they lost in Cleveland. They and gave them the ball back twice, and in Detroit. In Detroit,
1: it's they, they've yeah. cracked twenty-four points once in the last five games. Is that good? No,
3: no, no, no not
2: good. Do you think that's going to be good enough against New Orleans? Oh.
3: Mm. No, no. I mean, <laughs> no. I, I so, mean, it's it's, it's one. Of, it, it, they they've got significant issues on both sides of the ball, and it's one of those things where. It, it, they talk about like not playing complementary football, but the issue is, is that both sides are quite broken, and it means that in any game, the odds of them both working properly well, are just tiny.
1: I think there's several problems on the defense. I think there's one problem on the offense. Yeah,
2: we're not going to get there quite yet, and I think we're uh, pretty clearly talking about um, Greg Van Roten. Uh, no, I'm just kidding. GVR <laughs> is the best. Um, also, uh, I just... I know we're not going to talk about this at all, but very, Michael Polardi has had a very underrated year and I think he's been terrific and I just wanted to point yeah. that out. Get that on tape so that when so what, that I what can What week is it? Uh week 14, week 15, it's when 15. When you're talking up your punter in week 15. Well, you
1: know how good things are going.
2: Things are going good. You know what's what is crazy though, the fact that like all of this the, the Panthers have uh, have have for all intents and purposes played awful the past 5 weeks right they have they have a 5 game losing streak they have lost to four inferior teams three inferior teams three inferior teams very inferior teams and there is a very clear path for them to the playoffs like it's not like it's not it's not the chart that I tw- that we tweeted out that has 20 different things happening it's the jags and the dolphins winning and the panthers winning those that's it for the past two weeks, the NFL has done what the NFL needed to do. The except the Panthers have not held up their end of the bargain. It's funny. So do you think they're going to pick up that
1: end of the bargain? <laughs> I mean, or are they just going to leave it at will call?
0: Yeah. Every week, it's like there's they've almost been given a gift. Yeah. Like, the path is still there. They can still make the playoffs. Yeah,
2: it's like they've been given a jacket that was left at the bar, and they're like, no, I don't want that really nice jacket. Take it back to the bar.
0: Just so you know, I still have that jacket, too. <laughs> of course what you do. You said of
2: before you do. that you – Oh, come on, Nikki. <laughs> that is such – So, people that listen to the first five minutes, this is a nice little bookend that you put in here – And then the twist at the end (laughs) is that there was never a jacket. It was all a ghost.
0: (laughs) No. That's not. No. I have the jacket and the coat. Whatever. Just so so you know. Whatever, Snooty Wolf. (laughs) Snooty Wolf.
1: Someone's been watching those Hallmark movies at home.
2: (laughs) (laughs) It was all a ghost.
0: Like, what is it? Casper? Like, the Sixth Sense? Who
2: Casper? The jacket? (laughs) Is the jacket Casper? Is that your question?
0: No. No. We should talk about uh, Colin's Colin's favorite here. Oh, Greg Olson, you he love you love to talk about the foot.
1: Oh, I do. Well, you
0: do I, love to talk about the foot. I is do. this it? Is this it? Is this the end?
1: Well, he he's not even he's not even the best tight end on the roster in 2018, and I don't care what you say. I don't care. the The only reason we found out about Greg Olson trying out for Monday Night Football is because Greg Olson wanted us to find out about him trying out for Monday Night Football. Correct. And he's got an eye to the future. I don't know what that. I don't know when, you know if that that's gonna be this year or next year. There's money on the table, and Greg worked hard to get that money. So we'll see. But um, I th- I I think it was pretty stark watching that Cleveland game. How how much more athletic Ian Thomas is than Greg Olson at this point.
2: Yeah, I feel like I yeah. see a lot of stuff on Twitter about the the. And I I just keep screaming it into the void about how, why is Manhurts getting snaps over Ian Thomas? And we all know sitting at this table and on this computer that that Thomas and Manhurts play different positions. But I just, again, nice to get on tape. Well, it's the idea that, Thomas is capable of blocking,
1: that is true. Is he going to pick up the right block on an important third down and, and seven or whatever? That's the, that's the question. And if they feel more comfortable with Manhurts, that's why he is going to continue to have that role.
2: Well, it's it's another thing where, you know, Ron Rivera has famously not played young players aside from injury. Right. like and, and whether, yes, they do get in the game a lot of times, but it does – Have to do with injury, but be it Andrew Norwell, Dante Jackson, Devin—not Devin Devin, Funches, DJ um, Moore—that it takes something to happen to get these guys on the field, and then they don't give up their spot. And this feels like what happened to get Ian Thomas on the field, and now he's not going to give up his spot.
3: So I think I think there are two things on the whole tight end blocking stuff um i think ian thomas has looked good as a receiver but his blocking at least against cleveland wasn't great like and, and that's not like meant to be a slot on Ian thomas like when he came out from indiana he was like ridiculously raw and the fact that he's at this point now shows that he's grown a huge amount but he is still a very underdeveloped player who's still developing i think the idea that you stick ian thomas out there week one next year and he's good to go and he's a pro bowl caliber tight end i think is probably a bit optimistic
1: well um, a pro bowl caliber tight end that's one thing but the reality is, what do you what do you do? I mean, are we gonna are we gonna slowly rip this Band-Aid off of, uh, over a couple of years? You have a bunch of guys that are getting ready to leave. I, I just don't know if, I mean, I what do we expect out of Greg if he comes
2: back next year? Can you expect more I, than half a season at this point? Vincent has a hilarious um, plan for tight end that I'm really excited <laughs> yeah, yeah. for him to share. I actually brought up this topic specifically for him to share it.
3: Yeah, so, so I mean, I, I think Greg Olsen, if he wants to come back next year, is back next year. Um, I think it, it... I mean, I've got a whole other thing on Manhurts and why I'm not totally convinced about him blocking, but but um, I think Greg Olsen, there is not the... Ta- like, Ian Thomas is not the guy who you know is can take over week one. If, if Greg Olsen leaves, you definitely have to sign another tight end, I think. I think if you go in with Ian Thomas as your primary tight end, I think that's probably not going to be viewed as a position of strength. Um. I, I think what might make sense, and this is what Josh is going to get onto, is, is, is the idea that you bring in a, a more veteran tight end and you effectively look to rotate the three. Because the other, thing that, the other thing that's going to play into it is that, I mean, I think Funchess is gone. I know this isn't what we're talking about right now, but I think Funchess is almost certainly gone. And I don't think that's a problem for most of the field. But when you do get into the 10-yard line and you're trying to put it in the, the, the end zone, you are then left with a really small receiving core. And that, that, I, I think you can still use those guys effectively in the red zone. Like Samuel has shown he can get open. DJ Moore can get open in the red zone. Jarius Wright can get open in the red zone. But you don't, without Funchess, they really haven't had somebody on the outside to take those targets. And I don't think Ian Thomas is really that type of receiver either. But if you get a tight end who can come in, can take some snaps away from Greg and Ian and allow them to rotate and also be that red zone guy, then maybe someone... You could, you could have value for a veteran player who can play outside in the red zone and can give you some rotation tight end snaps for 4 or $5 million, say Tyler Eifert is, is basically where I'm going with this. So, I, I,
2: I, just to be clear, Vincent wants to rotate Ian Thomas, Greg Olson, and a newly signed Tyler Eifert at tight end. Yep. How do we
3: feel about that?
1: I, mean, I don't know what to – I have no reason to expect that Greg Olson can get downfield at all. And but you I don't think... ask him to. That, 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 like
3: the point with rotating is that you don't you don't have to ask him because you've got two other guys that you can okay. ask to do that.
1: Well, then you can't pay one like the top five. You can't pay one like a top five tight end. I mean, yeah, but if th- you th- cut th- him, that's... you're
3: still going to. Go ahead. Like th- th- you've got you've got a fair amount of like sunk cost um, in terms of Greg Olson. Like there's only so much money you can free up by cutting him. I'm just checking now what that is exactly because I can't remember it on my head. But it's it's not like by cutting Greg Olson all that money goes away. Like, if they cut him next year, they have to pay an extra $300,000 just to cut him. It will cost them more money to cut him than to keep him. It's the same with Matt Khalil. Like, you're, you're saving money by just... Even if he's the third tight end, it's cheaper to keep him on the roster than it is to cut him. Cheaper so at that point, it, it, it's $300,000, I think, cheaper next year to keep Greg Olsen as the number three tight end and have him inactive for every single game than it is to, to cut him. He's got a cap hit of $7.1 and a dead cap of seven point four. And it let's go back you to might. my
2: point about having more businessmen than football players on this team right now. That sounds like a great deal for Greg Olson, right? So, Ooh. so Ian Thomas is—I mean, the way that you, the way that he played last week was fantastic, and I agree. As a receiving tight end, he looks good, but I, I'm not sure that we should judge. I feel like we're ready to anoint him, and and truth be told, I believe I did write an article called uh, "Ian Thomas: The Future Is Now." Uh, that came out on Monday. But um, I I think that it's hard to judge a rookie tight end based on their one game against the Browns when Cam Newton threw it 42 times. Let's see how it it goes even over the last quarter of the season before we make these decisions. But – just judging on what Vincent just said, like Greg Olson is coming back unless he retires, right? So if he retires, then we give, it, and then all that money goes away. I'm not a, con- I'm not a contractor.
3: Yeah, I, I, I'm not, I'm not totally sure about the retirement rules, but certainly a lot of it. Like, if he retires, that's his decision. I think the money just goes away.
2: Why would he retire I mean, though? You could exactly. Just,
0: it's 11.4 it, million dollars. Exactly why
1: there's money on the table.
0: But why would he play this season with that broken foot if that wasn't already in his head? That's the only thing I keep going back to with all this. From the beginning of the season, did he have it in his head that this is going to be it, and that he had to play through this because it was going to be it? And at the beginning of the season, it was that if we were going to make that run this year, it was going to be this year. It just it makes me think he's not going to come back.
2: We're built for the Super Bowl this year, right? At I mean, that's, that's it what was it all keeps. pointing that way. I mean, it'll come
1: down to it'll probably come down to a question of whether or not he wants to be here for at least even like a slight rebuild to whatever that looks like or in, and, and collect his checks or does he want to move on? Does,
2: I mean, a,
0: does a coaching I, change affect his decision-making and all of that?
2: That's like, that's a great question. Does he want to come back if the new coach is um, Lincoln Riley? I also said that on this, but I put that on tape right now today. What's today? What day is it today?
0: I think it's the 13th.
2: Yeah. Let's put it on there. Yeah. Do it. Twelve thirteen. 13 Josh Mentzen mentions in passing Lincoln Riley as a coaching candidate. Let's do it.
0: Produce two Heisman winners back-to-back, back, I'm just saying. <laughs>
2: the best baseball player there is.
0: Oh, and Baker Mayfield, too. You know I love some Baker.
2: Sorry. I know you do. Uh, it's just, you know what? I feel like the problem is, and I I, I don't know. Uh, it's just been a very sad. I feel like it, this podcast has been very sad, but it's a very sad time to be a Panthers fan. To be perfectly frank, like they there, it's not like this is a young team on the upswing. This is a six and seven team with a quarterback with a bum shoulder that is that does not that for all my positivity is bl- probably not going to get the play, make the playoffs. Is probably going to get blown out on Monday Night Football mm-hmm. in front of a national television audience, and is. Uh, has the fourth oldest roster in the league so
3: i I think in terms of like going forward looking beyond this season like roster wise i don't think it's as bad as that might seem like it's there is a lot of talent at a number of positions there aren't like this this is not a team that's millions of miles away there there are a few really special significant problems but that does also mean that you can then focus your efforts onto fixing those problems like the panthers could sensibly go out and draft two or three defensive ends and maybe sign one and draft two or whatever but you, you you've got they haven't they have more caps based than they had last year i think or at least a similar amount and um, and they can focus it on getting better at safety defensive end getting slightly better on the offensive line and maybe adding a couple more offensive weapons like it's, it's not a team that needs a whole rebuild it's just a team that's got some real systematic weaknesses that it can targetedly, you know, targetedly address. And that doesn't mean they're going to do it or necessarily do it effectively, but it's not the, it's not the team that needs a complete rebuild. It's not the Cardinals or the Raiders where you're looking at half the roster and going, well, we need a defense and an offensive line and receivers and a running back and a tight end. Like, it, it, there is a lot of pieces here to work with. They just need to get the surrounding parts to make those pieces effective.
1: But you just talked about Greg Olson and Matt Khalil, two guys with contracts that uh, you know, that, that limit that ability going forward. I, I'm I'm concerned. I don't disagree that they're a talented team, but I just look at this team and say that there's a lot of guys that have now gotten paid and they're towards the end of the end of the line, and you do need to make. I think some pretty wholesale changes in order to change the culture of the team. I'm excited about the young guys. I'm excited about CMC and DJ Moore and Curtis Samuel, Ian Thomas. You know, Dante Jackson. Should we say
2: some things that we're happy about? I'm excited for – I think Jermaine Carter is going to be good at linebacker. Um, I think, uh, weirdly enough, I think um, (laughs) Greg Van Roten has played pretty well at left guard, which I don't think we saw coming. Taylor Moten has been a a revelation at right tackle – so yeah. I think that um, – I think there is a lot to look forward to.
1: I just think that when people when – pe- the players that people think of as the Panthers and, and have for an extended period of time now, there's a, there's a healthy core that has been together for quite some time now, that a lot of those names are going to change over the next year and two years. And so yeah. it's, it's going to have a complete – it's going to be a new team with a completely different identity than uh, a, a crew that I think has a pretty strong identity at this point that, uh, you know, that, that people pretty much know who this team is. I mean, you know, Panther fans identify, but this is about to, there's about to be change and w- <laughs> there's two guys that we haven't even talked about whose time may be limited too. So,
0: Ooh, sounds like a good time for a break. When we come back, how hurt is Cam and looking ahead to the saints and Monday night football.
3: Hey guys, Den here from the Keep pound and podcast. And this week's a big one. Join us here on the podcast where we talk about the Panthers getting ready to give the Saints everything they have at Bank of America Stadium Monday night to keep their season alive. And come join us live on Monday, also here on the Riot Network, Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, and theriotreport.com slash live, where we'll be live during the pregame and at halftime taking your questions and comments. We'll see you guys then. Keep pounding.
0: And we're back. Colin's ready. Are you ready?
2: We're
3: ready. And we're back. We ready. I feel like
2: Colin has so much more energy with a beer in front of him. He took like one sip, and he's like, let's do this. Right. I'm ready to talk about the franchise quarterback going downhill for the rest of his career. I got a little wah, halftime speech wah, during that break.
0: Wah. Coach
1: Klein got me pumped up. Mr. Oops. Coach Klein. I, let's, let's get this in the second half. You
0: look like when uh, Van Wilder – when he goes into the locker room to give us a pep talk there, and then they come back and win, that's how you look now.
2: All right, well let's do it. It's a pretty right. it. the Kevin, roadmap to the playoffs. That's let's a let's Kevin Ketchy esque uh, <laughs> reference right there. <laughs> An obscure Van Wilder reference.
0: I love some Van Wilder. All right, let's get to it. Cam, how hurt is he?
1: Well, is the question how hurt is he, or is the question how better can he be? How better? How much better can it get? That at this point, for the for the time being,
2: it is what it is, to steal an old phrase. But
0: Great looking Podcast. Forward, That's another podcast <laughs> available
2: on the Riot Network. Be sure to check it out either this weekend or Monday, depending on what ta- it comes out, to feature quarterback of the future, Taylor Heineke. But what does this shoulder look like going forward? Don't write that down. Don't write that down. I did not say quarterback
1: <laughs> of the future.
0: Yes, you did. It's going on my sheet, dude. <laughs>
1: Put that in the sound clip folder right next to quarterback of the future, Matt Moore.
2: Yep. <laughs> and quarterback of the future, Randy da- Fasani. Quarterback of the future, Damian Craig. If he could just get a chance. Oh, man. Or what about Joe Webb? Why don't we give, Why didn't we give Joe Webb a chance, I you think made, is a real question. Get, uh, he's a Gettleman guy. Yeah. He's a Gettleman. Man, guy. man, if I had to read one, I was ready to, like, Where show Mike a should,
1: should Joe Webb be the quarterback of the Panthers in 2019? We will discuss.
2: Every <laughs> interception that... Cam would throw. It was just a, why don't we give Joe Webb a chance? (laughs) It was ridiculous. It was like talk radio all the time. I hate everybody.
0: Where did he go? Did he go to Buffalo?
2: Yes.
3: Yeah. Of course. And I think he's now with the Texans, I think.
2: Oh, I would have figured Cardinals for sure. Because that's where everybody. Uh, He
3: he, he, he might be with the Cardinals. That's where players go to die right now. Anyone
2: that has ever worn a Carolina Panthers uniform is either playing for Buffalo or Arizona. They just keep like activating. Like Dean Marlowe comes off the practice squad, and I'm like, "Oh, Dean!
1: I remember yeah, him." Yeah, with the Texans. Hey, Reggie Ball. Yeah. <laughs> they had. Oh gosh, I can't even think of it. the third. The, the the defensive end. They they picked up the uh, Texas A&M Deshaun Hall. Yeah, they, they, they sure did. They did pick him up. Deshaun.
2: day-day.
0: Day-day. Day-day.
1: Uh, I, I get the sense that you guys are not as concerned about Cam's shoulder as I am because I I, I feel like this is the only thing that I'm obsessing over this shoulder. Like I don't know. I, I I feel like we don't know what we don't know, and um, this is this is this is the question. I mean, this is this is the question for now and going into the future because I don't think, given the fact that it has been a struggle to return from this shoulder surgery, maybe that he'll be inclined to go back under the knife. I just don't know what we are to expect of Cam Newton's arm going forward. And as good as he is, and as incredible as the numbers are that he put up this season, it does put a ceiling on this offense if he's not going to be able to get the ball downfield. And I don't know if that's a ceiling that you can overcome to get to the Super Bowl. Vincent, I'd be curious to hear your thoughts on
0: this
3: one. Um, okay, so I was quite concerned about like Cam's shoulder going forward. I, I was fairly sold on that he has to have surgery. He's he's you know shutting down. I so I I know someone who works for the medical personnel of a team that's not not the Panthers, obviously. And I actually talked to him for uh, a bit this week, and he was actually much more optimistic about what the options are going forwards. So it seems that there are really two likely possibilities of what's wrong. One is tendinitis, which is basically just an aggravation uh, uh, of the injury. Um, And the other is soft tissue damage resulting from the surgery. And neither of which should present permanent damage, apparently. Um, Again, I'm not a doctor. This is what a doctor told me. Um, The the surgery isn't actually that necessary unless there's a full tear of, of the rotator cuff muscle so if if there isn't a full tear he could probably avoid surgery and just do rehab um the thing then the question then becomes why didn't it work last time and why might it work this time and and his opinion was that it, it it's it is a really hard thing to treat with rehab in terms of it's not something that that it, it, if not done totally correctly it, it it probably will show repeated tendonitis issues um and the thought he had was actually about Cam's throwing mechanics and how – so Cam has quite a whippy action on his throw, and that is going to put loads of strain on your rotator cuff. And actually, what might be necessary for Cam's rehab to be more effective next time around is, to, is for him to modify his, his throwing mechanics. And when people talk about throwing mechanics, I don't mean talk like the footwork and like how he moves his body in the pocket and all that stuff. I mean simply how he puts power through his shoulder. Because he's obviously a ridiculously strong human being. And that kind of force, if put inefficiently through your shoulder, is going to keep aggravating the rotator cuff. And that actually, with a, a reasonably sensible rehab program and some workers' mechanics, the, the person I spoke to was really quite confident that Cam should be able to return to a pretty pre-injury level. Um, I, I mean, I, I agree with Colin that you know if he isn't able to return to that, if this is something... That is going to be the case every season. It is, it is going to limit this offense. And I think they could do a better job of dealing with that limitation than they're currently doing, but it, but it is fundamentally going to limit them.
2: If, if they're limited, means, why is he throwing take, 42 times?
3: That's my that, real question. Because the run game completely disappeared. I mean, like, if, if you want to have like, a real panic button uh, in terms of what, something that, that makes no sense from a talent point of view, There is no reason why their run game, which was meant to be one of the very best in the NFL, has over the last month completely fallen off a cliff. And and you know, it isn't like you can. If CJ Anderson had been getting five carries a game, and then suddenly he's gone and everything falls apart, you might be able to rationalize it. But it just seems the the run game has has completely fallen apart. Like. There is possibly a chance that they were so reliant on these dummy plays and the jet sweeps and the motion and the confusion that actually they weren't generating like, actual effective inside runs without all that confusion. And once teams just avoid, you know, realized they could just ignore the eye candy, the Panthers were easy to block down. But they seem to have also moved to much more of a power running game which doesn't really suit their personnel or Christian McCaffrey. And that doesn't mean you can't run inside, but you can run inside without basically getting your linesman to line up and just try and knock the, the defensive linesman out of the way. Uh, and if the Panthers can't run the ball, they have to throw the ball. If you're averaging three yards a carry, that means you then have to throw the ball 40 times a game, uh, and that that's... For a team that... Establishing the run doesn't work in the way it did 30 years ago, but you do have to run the ball enough that teams don't know you're just going to throw the ball every time, and therefore the defensive ends can pin their ears back and just go after Cam, because... the recipe on the Panthers this year has been if they're down by more than about five points after the half, they're barely going to run the ball. They're going to keep throwing it. And as a defense, you can just play the pass and not really worry about the run. Because even in Atlanta in week two, when they were running the ball for about five and a half yards a carry or something ridiculous, as soon as they were down by seven points at halftime, they just stopped running the ball. And and you you can't, you can't do that. When you've got an effective running game, you can't just go away from it completely. As soon as you go down by a score, because then you become completely predictable and and defenses know how to play you. And it also means Cam's under more pressure. And this offensive line, which is OK, but not amazing, suddenly becomes a complete nightmare and Cam's on his back five times again. And yeah, they need they need to be able to run the ball. It, it, unless, unless Cam, especially when Cam shows is not one hundred percent, you have to be able to run the ball I think, over the last month, I, I they, think you they have,
2: have to. I think you have to play. Do you have to place some of this? Everybody's very quick to place all of this blame on Ron Rivera and Eric Washington and and the defense. And I think some of this has got the, especially over the past six weeks, has got to go on Norv because Absolutely. the way that this offense has been run. Used to be, I mean, remember, like, literally six weeks ago, we were talking about, you wrote an article about, like, the offensive evolution, and they're doing all this. Where, uh, Where is the creativity that we saw in week six? Like, do they just not do any of that stuff anymore? Like, where is, why, why do we not see, is the double reverse as crazy as the defense gets, or as the offense gets? Where's the Baker Mayfield Statue of Liberty play? Why is Freddie Kitchens out-coaching Norv Turner? This is what, what we're seeing right now is what we thought Norv Turner was going to be like the whole season. That's what we've been seeing over the past six weeks.
3: I mean, uh, Norv nor, right. Turner's been in the NFL for, what, 30, 40 years, 35 years? I mean, like, like, he, he, his game has never been this revolutionary offense. Like, like, but I, it, I was, think of t- it was. It
2: was revolutionary. For eight weeks, it was a different no- offense than he's done.
3: It was slightly gimmicky, and the things, and the things that he had done, he, like things like the triple option, which had never been a North thing, was actually really effective, and it's kind of disappeared. Like I know, we, you know people laugh at the whole honest look at Cameron pain Payne stuff as soon as he's on the field, but he's on the field twice a game, and, and, and the triple option has been really effective. Cameron pain Payne had one carry against the Browns it went for five or six yards. I mean, you know, the, the Panthers have resorted back <laughs> to playing the football. They got an honest
2: that, look at him, though, for that one carry. I think
1: you
3: but, but could have been not, carrying that ball and gotten at least three and a half yards, Vincent. But but that's the advantage of the zone read, is that you don't... That, 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 well, I mean, this, this, this is why like it works well, because you don't have to be a great running back. You don't have to have these huge holes. You're you're Effectively, you're scheming guys open, and that can't be your entire run game, but you can't just basically get all your offensive linesmen to just try and knock the guy in front of them out of the way and just give it to McCaffrey and say, there you are, try and run for some yards. Because he will sometimes, and sometimes he won't, but that's not... Norv has has never the <laughs> offense they're running now is the offense that runners that Norv has run for the last five years. It's what he ran in yeah. Cleveland. It's what he ran in Minnesota. I mean, it's not a surprise that he's still running this offense. It's just that for five or six weeks he threw in some jet sweeps. I mean, I mean, the passing concepts he was running haven't really changed. It's just that I mean, you you can't build an offense off on jet sweeps. They're gimmick plays that work two or three times a game. And it's when you're running the ball effectively on teams, you can do all this stuff because everyone's on their heels and, and there's confusion and there's chaos and you can go up tempo. But as soon as you're behind and you're having to try and build drives, you, you can't rely on these gimmick plays because teams have got time to set for them. They're on tape. The key is not to revolutionize it, to keep revolution. That's what, what Andy Reid's done so well in, in Kansas City is that they're not just running the same stuff. They started the season with loads of jet sweeps and that was really effective and now they've moved on to more more complex passing, not complex, maybe the wrong word, but, but their offense has evolved as the season's gone on. And it's not just about having one good idea, it's about keep revolutionizing and keep revolutionizing as the season goes on so that you, you'll keep giving defenses new looks. And
2: that's the Panthers not... have not done that, right?
1: Okay, no. but, but this goes back to what we were talking about before, which is the most important running back on this team, the one that makes it so dynamic, Cam Newton, is hurt. I mean, and that's that's going to be a Norv's head. That's going to affect play calling. I mean, so much of what has been effective with this running game is at least in part because of the threat that Cam Newton possesses. And if they're not comfortable with using Cam, and look, Ron, Ron Rivera when the, in the game against Detroit after that game, when, when when Ron or when Cam didn't run at all, and Ron said, "I just saw Cam Newton play in his game," you know, and it's like, eh, okay, no, that's not that's, that's that wasn't what we just witnessed as he stayed in the pocket all day. But so much of what they – and this is why, we, you know, sorry, I'm not, not going to back Pat here, but why preseason and before the draft, I said that they need to get another running back in here that can handle that workload because the time is nigh for Cam Newton being able to do this role. And wouldn't you know who won the pony?
2: But, hey, but, hey, it's all right. They're getting that honest uh, I mean, look. Can I uh, – I, I just want to uh, – before we – we're – Norf stinks. We're going to move past Norv. I, I want to I read you guys something. Um, I just want to read you guys something, okay? From Week 8. His throws have been hesitant, like the one on the crossing route in the second quarter of Sunday's loss. They've been alarmingly wide, like the one on the out route a few minutes later in the same game. They've been senseless, too, like the one he forced in the end zone that they easily picked off just before halftime. He's missed on screen passes and post-patterns, throws he typically makes in his sleep, He's locking onto his receivers the way a rookie QB would. It appears he's aiming some passes rather than throwing them. On others, he's leaning back, almost as if he's trying to use his whole body's momentum to compensate for a lack of velocity. His mechanics, his footwork, his timing, all of it seems off. Okay? That's, that's describing his game. Tyler Honeke. Then, this is a direct quote. There were times when you play through pain. There are times when it felt great. The reality is everybody plays through pain in the NFL. I've played through pain every year. This was a little different beast from the standpoint of, as you guys know, my practice schedule was different and altered, and it certainly made things difficult from a preparation standpoint. Do you know who that was? That was Andrew Luck before he had surgery on his shoulder and then missed the entire 2017 season.
1: And I think that's the reality of what's on the table for Panther fans. And and, and I – you know, as Vincent said, we're not doctors here. We've established that. But but the shoulder is tricky. The shoulder is trickier than the knee. The shoulder is trickier than the elbow. We've gotten a whole lot better at both of those. Um by we the collective, I was, you know, sports the medicine do- our community says do- you know, doctor, doctor James Andrews and company, which includes us I
2: and Doctor like, Pat Connor, uh, yeah. like, from North o-
1: Carolina thank and
2: uh, Team Doctor of the Carolina Panthers. Oh,
1: Nikki, did you did you hurt your shoulder Shut one up. time? <laughs> 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 Colin's uh,
2: building a deck. <laughs> uh, but
1: uh, this this shoulder, this shoulder thing is is tricky, and and you know I understand that the, the Panthers not wanting to let. Def- Defenses know, or not let other teams know. Although I'm fairly certain the defensive coordinators had it, you know, had a snuffed it out. Yeah, it snuffed out a while ago. Don't but think But I it's do, a secret. I, you know, I do think at this point it's like, what are we looking at? And it's time to be honest about Cam Newton's shoulder. It, not, not for 2018, not for saving this season, but for 2019, for 2020. I mean, this is we're entering the 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 window is open for what we thought the the Cam Newton shelf life might be for the way he plays. You say, hey, you, maybe you're going to get eight to good, ten good years. And I'm not saying he's done by any means. But we've gone from having the hot new thing to a guy that now is – I mean, wow, can't believe it, but it's been, you know, it's been eight seasons now and he's taken a lot of punishment. And is it ever going to be the same again? I think for the first time, that feels like a real question.
2: The way that you saw the Browns play Curtis Samuel on that deep ball, the, the deep ball that he underthrew, is the way that you're going to see defenses play the Carolina Panthers for the rest of the season, for sure, and maybe for the rest of Cam Newton's career. Because what they essentially did was they said, hey, Curtis Samuel is going to be able to beat our corner, but we are going to send an extra guy, and if we can get either to Cam Newton and disrupt his throw, then great, he's going to underthrow it. Or maybe we can't, and maybe he's going to be able to put it out in front of Curtis Samuel for an 80-yard touchdown. But do we think what they what they did was they played it perfectly? They yes, he got his guy got beat, but he was able to catch up because of the limitations of the offense can't get the ball to Curtis Samuel. So it, it's it's I mean when you say we need to start making decisions, and by we I mean the Carolina Panthers need to start making decisions, they do need to start making decisions about what the future of this franchise looks like and if it means that Cam Newton needs to have surgery tomorrow or or January 1st whatever if he wants to play out the season or or you know they, Ron Rivera's trying to save his job I get why he would play the last 3 games but if he needs to have surgery let's not f- pussyfoot around and wait until March that's a phrase don't <laughs> laugh at me and wait until March like they did in 2017 right. let's do it the day after the season ends and then let's pretend, just like they do with Andrew Luck, where he might come back and, oh, he's throwing a tennis ball and now it's going to – and then all of a sudden he starts the season on the pup and he misses the whole season and you have Colin Kaepernick starting at quarterback.
3: Wow. So I think, I, I think there, are, there, are, there are a couple of points there. I think – talk about Cam – so there's, there's short, medium, and long term. So it, it's worth noting for the long-term outlook that Andrew Luck is back playing at a seriously quite high level. About to like, set his it, it, career it, it, high
2: in all of his passing numbers.
3: Yeah, yeah. So, so like like a return isn't which was like, in doubt not that long ago as well. Correct. Yep. But There's but no it's guarantee. not like it's no but it's not like like Andrew Luck has kind of has is just never the player again and, and the 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 so th- there is by, by taking things sensibly in the medium term, which is effectively what Indianapolis did, they knew he needed long, more time to get ready, so they just basically lost a season. That was the medium-term plan, and the long-term plan is for him then to be healthy. So in the short term, from everything, so talk, again, talking to the person, uh, the, the medical person that I spoke to, their view was that if Cam's injury was bad enough that he was definitely going to have to have surgery, it would also be bad enough that there was no way he could play. That that, or if if he was playing, it wouldn't just be like at the moment. Cam is playing below his usual level. He is not playing at the level he played the last few games in twenty sixteen. Like when he was hurt in twenty sixteen, he he was worse than this. Like it, it was it wasn't just you know missing low a few times which is realistically what this is it's missing low maybe one time in five in 2016 it was it was no it's it was not it's more... also
2: tapping out for hail marys that is not what a
3: healthy quarterback does oh, he's, he's clearly not healthy but he's not as hurt as he was in 2016 uh, 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 and that doesn't mean that if they keep playing him he won't get to that stage but that i think in 2016 it was almost they, they, they messed it up by him not having surgery the day after the season in 2016. I nice. think it, it should it should have been clear that he was hurt enough that, that surgery was necessary. But aren't we I doing that right we,
2: now? Aren't we doing that right uh, now? Aren't so, we letting so the, him play the last three games just like he did in 2016, and then they're going to put okay. off surgery again until March, until a new GM or coach comes in here and says, what the H are we doing here? So, Get- so I mean
3: – the question then is who i mean i don't I, I'm not an expert on on where the actual res- medical responsibility lies in an NFL franchise, but at least in the sports i'm a bit more familiar with from that point of view it it, it it would be surprising to me if the final say on this was not outside of the coaching tree that if it wasn't with cam Newton or with Ryan Vermillion or someone in the medical personnel because ultimately it's a medical decision it should not be being made by coaches or front office people it should be being made by doctors well, and if if they just if that's not the case the team has got a much bigger problem, and if that is the case then they should be making an effective medical decision. And if you don't think the team doctors are competent then that's a whole other conversation. But if they're if they're competent and they are the ones making the decision they should be making a medical decision. And if that means that Cam has surgery then Cam has surgery. And if he doesn't then it means he doesn't. I, I we we. It, that end, we really aren't doctors. And I think saying what he should or shouldn't have, I think probably I should.
2: feel like we I mean, don't need to keep saying that we are not doctors. I just think – I don't think anybody is tuning in here to think that no, we okay. are.
3: Uh, but, 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 but I don't think the coaches are doctors either, and therefore they shouldn't be making the decision in the way that we shouldn't be making the decision, if that makes sense. Like, like the, there's only this, one this, person
1: this, whose decision it is, and that's Cam's. Yeah. It, it, like, he can leave this team, and it's still his career. This decision is Cam Newton's. It's not team doctors. It's not anybody else. And if he and if look, if he trusts Ryan Vermillion or whoever it is over there more than he trusts any other doctor, then let them make that decision. But if I'm Cam Newton, I, there's and and, and I, you know I wonder we we discussed before about how he was a little naive about his surgeries and stuff like that. I mean, this is this is his career. It's not it's the his Panthers' shoulder. quarterback career. Yeah, this is his shoulder. I mean, by and large, you, you're gonna, he's going to be okay. You know, with with a bad shoulder and, and civilian life, uh, I think you know unless he's got a you know was he trying to win at the midway or whatever. Yeah, he's like, ne- <laughs> he's, ne- <laughs> he's never winning that free cone at the <laughs> at the minor league baseball. Stadium. But this this is a Cam Newton Cam Newton's people d- decision, and it and it should. Yeah, be. yeah,
2: yeah. I mean, I I just don't. But it, we but don't it, know it, what the right answer is. That's the problem. Is we can argue. We don't know how hurt he is. With the thing is, is that we. <sighs> They're not being honest with us. Are they being honest with themselves? Is what really matters. The yeah. Most. Is he being honest with everybody? You know, like he. I mean, uh, the fact that he keeps tapping himself out for this hail mary tells me everything I need to know. Yeah. Like I, I, like I am sorry, but that is not what. Now I don't want to go blue here, but if you if you have erectile dysfunction a couple times, that does not mean that something is wrong with your wiener. But if you are calling in another dude to make love to your wife. Oh. That oh, no. means that there is something oh. wrong with your downstairs. Oh, no. I am <laughs> glad that Kevin is not filming this because this would definitely be the trailer for the episode.
0: I'm so All upset tested. there's not a video of any of that that just happened, and I can't believe that the cam shoulder talk went to that. Yeah, like, that's it amazing. sure did. That's amazing. All right, Monday Night Football. <sighs> Jesus, take the wheel again. <laughs> is there is there any way the Panthers are in this game or can keep up with this team?
2: Turnovers. Yep, turnovers. They don't. They turn. They force two turnovers. They don't turn the ball over. They don't let themselves get beat deep by Jerry Lee Lewis or whoever else is playing freaking wide receiver for the New Orleans Saints. And 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 to be perfectly honest, I know we just talked about how hurt he is. Cam plays like Cam does, and then this is what happens. I think that
1: well to. to Real quick on the Cam, I think that's why they've lost their mojo at the end of the half too. Is the, the ability to push the ball down the field keeps the defense compressed, and it it complicates the looks that they're getting on in those situations than they have in the past. Looking forward, I I think Cam is what is is who he is right now with his shoulder. It it comes down to is this defense going to stop this Saints run?
0: Hmm.
1: <laughs> the, Sorry. Yeah. No. I mean, the, the Saints may. And I don't put this past Peyton and Breeze. They may try and score a touchdown without throwing the ball on Monday night.
2: Yeah, I mean, I, honestly, the Panthers have not been awful against the run. I know that does, isn't a isn't really the the way that everybody wants to look at it. It's really been just the passing game. And this is it's like Breeze Breeze is the quarterback built to beat the Carolina Panthers in this iteration, right? So if you sit back. Like I just said, if you sit back, Breeze will just eat you for breakfast, right? Yeah. But what they did on what the Cowboys did – we talk about, like, the foundation for for a way to beat somebody or, like, the – The blueprint. The blueprint. (laughs) Thank you. The blueprint. I couldn't think of the word that everybody uses. The blueprint to beat the Saints. Everybody put it out on paper – with this, the Cowboys gave the blueprint, and it's like, well, if the blueprint is having Demarcus Lawrence sack Drew Brees all the time, then yeah, that's the blueprint. But the way to stop this, stop this offense, is not necessarily to um, is not necessarily to sack Brees all the time. That obviously helps, but if you can keep everything in front of you, if you don't give, a, if you make tackles at the point of attack, and you don't let Michael Thomas turn six into twelve, you don't let. Um, Jerry Lee Lewis get behind you I know that's not his name but I don't care I'd like to say it every time um, and like these, all these undrafted free agent wide receivers that Breeze just finds wide open out of the slot if, if you can keep those huge mistakes from happening you can keep yourself in this game Like I know we like to think that, that, the, that the Saints are the best team in the world and they're very good but it really took a blocked punt to beat the Tampa Bay Bucks last week well, yeah.
1: I really think they are the best round and I'm not sure you're ever going to keep them down <laughs> <laughs> with this team.
2: I wanted to make a Dave Matthews joke, but I couldn't <laughs> get it out quick enough.
1: Uh, I mean, uh, this uh, running game to me, this running game to me of of the Saints is because they, you know, it's it's what Vincent talked about before with this Panthers offense becoming one-dimensional. That's what the Saints team doesn't do. And while Drew Brees does get the headlines, they run the ball well, and. They're gonna be one of the best running teams that this Panther, this Panther defense has faced, and um, I just I think this is a this is a bad matchup. I see linebackers on wide receivers. I see mm. I see linebackers on Alvin Kamara. That's the worst thing. And yeah. that's I, what they want. And yeah.
2: then if you don't get linebackers, you get captain on Alvin Kamara, and I don't think yeah. that's a good matchup either.
1: Because you have to be able to put pressure, and Vince, I'm curious your thoughts. You have to be able to put pressure on the Saints offense by by putting points up. And I don't think this this Panthers offense right now is capable of doing that for an extended period of time.
3: Yeah, I, I I think this is not. I mean, it would be lovely if the Panthers could beat the Saints, and I really wish they do. <laughs> but but it's, it's 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 just not it's not a good matchup. I mean, mm-hmm. defensively, the Panthers actually have a. I think running wise, like run defense, they've actually been pretty solid. I mean, they they managed to hold the Seahawks down. They managed to hold the Cowboys down. They managed to limit. Um, um, Chubb for a fair amount um, this weekend, apart from one long run. Like they haven't been terrible against the run, and I think there's a chance they they actually don't get. I mean, it, it, they might get completely blown apart by kamara and, and Ingram, but they have a chance of holding those guys in check. The issue will come is when they look. The Panthers can't get off the field on third down, particularly third down longs, and, and that's where the Saints are so effective. And for the Panthers t- to get off the field, then they. they It's about Kamara and Thomas. I think this is the thing that was really identified by the Cowboys, is that if you make Drew Brees consistently throw to someone who's not Kamara and Thomas, then the Saints can be stopped. The issue is is you've then got to put yourself in a position where you know they're going to throw the ball, and then you have to find a way of basically taking those two out of the game. The way the Cowboys did it it was using corners to cover Kamara and basically tripling Michael Thomas. And that involves playing a lot of man coverage, basically, because you can't triple someone in zone very effectively. So, um, playing man coverage against Michael Thomas and Alvin Kamara is going to be a real risk. And and offensively, a a year ago, I'd actually really like the Panthers' chances of scoring some points in this game because last year the Saints' run defence couldn't stop anybody. Um, And now their run defence is actually very good, even if their pass defence isn't. But the issue is the Panthers' pass defence, pass offence, it is going to be reliant on an offensive line that's not even as healthy as it has been recently and where... You've got a quarterback whose shoulder is hurt and can't throw the ball down the field. Like, uh, the, in, unless the Panthers get some turnovers or get some luck, I it, it's it's quite hard to see them winning like, on Monday. It's just.
2: I think the Panthers are going to win. Book it. Write it down. Put it down there. I, I, Thirty-one. I, I really, 31 20.
0: Thirty-one twenty.
1: Boom. I was going to say 31-17 the other way.
0: That's fine. What did you,
1: Vincent? You have 17.
2: a you have a score prediction.
3: Um, not off the top of my head, um, 41-21. Ooh,
2: that's a lot of points for the old New Orleans Saints, I'm going to guess. Yeah. I feel like I just got prices Yikes. right a little bit there. <laughs> yeah, just you really got bit. squeezed in there. Yeah, your 31-17 doesn't look as good as 41-21. No. I'd like to pick 32-18 to 18 as my <laughs> score prediction. Is that cool? Nope.
0: Dallas had, <laughs> Dallas held Camara to 36 yards.
2: Yeah. It can be done. I, I think, honestly, if you look at uh, – I know, we just said this at the beginning of the podcast, but nobody's listening to this part anyway. <laughs> uh, I think that we said, uh, like, you can't take away the big plays. But if you take away the big Chubb run, <laughs> sorry, um, then – uh, then then they did okay against Nick Chubb. If you take away the the big, they they did great against Tampa, obviously, Tampa stinks on the ground. Yeah. but if you take away they 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 were great against Seattle on the ground. Are you giggling about the Chubb run? Did it finally I was hit just you?
1: wondering whether it'd be appropriate to ask if you went on a chub run in college, or if that was, if that would have been that had been out of out of bounds. No, but
2: if I brought in another dude to go on a chub run, <laughs> then something would be wrong. That's what I'm saying. That is the point that I'm making.
0: Well, we gotta play a game before right. me, before more. I I don't even know where you're going chub anymore. Chub runs, chub runs, and. Uh, that's
2: getting in the that's getting in the description of this episode for sure. Jesus,
0: Cam to K-1. you ready for this, Vincent? So we're ranking yeah, from it. one to ninety-nine. I've got four scenarios for you here. <laughs> Let's go back again to Panthers playoff chances.
2: What did I say last week? What did I give him? Oh, I don't remember. Shit. Did you write I don't them remember. down? Oh man, I it feel like, like you're in the David Mayo range. No, I was not in the. Da- I feel like I might have gone you took
0: a cut. Yeah, no, I was <laughs> a definitely. Big I think, cut. I, think
2: yeah. I took a big cut. I think I might have been like a, was like a Eric or Mike Minner. I might have been a Mike Minner. I think. I think at this point. I, I think we're we're just obviously we're getting lower. So I mean, we got to be at a Demir Bird at this point. Demir Bird. Actually, that's pretty high. You know what? I'm going to go. I'm a positive person, Demir Bird. I'm going creative player, a 0, zero. Wow.
1: Wow. Yeah. They're they're done. Is do you have a Do you done. have a
2: fake name for your creative player?
1: Not yet, because it's just when you start out, he's on 0, zero. Like it? He's a completely random creation.
0: Is Sir Per zero, 0
2: Oh, yeah. You went a full Sir Per. Oh, yeah. Or a Fasani. Can you or, you a, or a chub <laughs> Run. <laughs> is a 0. 0.0.
0: Can you put a panther's growl in after he says that? <laughs>
2: <laughs> look, look, I I may have to wrong. bleep out Prove the words out. chub run <laughs> with a with a panther growl. We'll see what iTunes says. Nothing,
1: nothing would make me happier than having to upgrade him to a polarity after next, <laughs> after this week's game. Full uh, polarity
0: Vincent?
3: Uh, DJ Moore.
0: Mm,
2: well, uh, okay, that's fair. Uh, I feel like we're all kind of in the same spot except for uh, Colin, who's probably the most correct. <laughs>
0: Oh Lordy! Mm. All okay, right, how about Ron Rivera coaching in
2: 2019? Ooh, wait. Coaching um, the Panthers. Okay, all right, good question. Let me be more good. Good specific. addendum. Good addendum. Whoo! Um, I'll go. I'll go first on this
1: one. I'll say Eric Reed. I think it's. I think it's a 25% chance because I think it's. Basically, a coin flip with this situation. I think if this season ends the way that I I think it's going to end, I don't know how David Tepper isn't looking to make moves. Um, they've been already trying to do things to kind of energize. They're about to ask, you know, or, or they're about to to do whatever they're going to do with the new practice facility. I think they, you know, and you look at you look at Cam, and we can talk about it all we want, but if at this point he is not the same player that he is. Uh, I think you'd look on the other side of the ball and say, I don't see a lot of long-term viability for the guy in the middle of that defense. You you need something. You need something. And I think that Rivera's run has been a a very good run by an NFL coach's standards. I've been critical of his clock management, but I look around the league and I go, how can I fire him for clock management when literally every coach – seems to be botching this. How is that possible? So I know, we're not going to talk about like this for 20 minutes. It but. doesn't make sense. Like, yeah. It seems like collectively there was a coaching lobotomy yeah. that removed all two-minute operations from people's heads this year. It, it truly has been fascinating. So even if I say, <laughs> you, you know, move on from him, the guy, if, I was, if I'm going to suggest a guy with any kind of uh, resume, he probably too has similar situations where they've botched the clock.
2: Management because literally everybody's doing it.
0: Everybody's doing. doing it. We'll we'll talk about that next week.
2: Clock management? Yeah. Yeah. Well it's like we, Sean McVeigh has maybe. the clock management guy and he still he's messes still
0: up. Still bad. Like it doesn't make sense. Vincent?
3: Um I was gonna go Christian McCaffrey, something like that. Yeah, Christian McCaffrey. Similar to Colin. I, I there's a chance, but I, I think he's likely gone.
2: I, I think I'm gonna go a little bit higher. Um and, and I'll tell you why. I'm not I'm not gonna go I flirted with a with a Sam Mills, um, but I think I'm gonna go I'm gonna go on the other side and go Steven Davis because I think that it's less than half. But I also think that um, one of the things that David Tepper really said he hasn't said a whole lot to be perfectly honest. Right. I think we've we've read a lot into a we read a lot into a CBS report that that basically told us that if the team loses eight straight to lose the season that David Tepper is going to be sad. Which um, again I'll say it again. I don't need a report for that. Um, uh, I think that we also read a lot into who we think David Tepper is. And when you actually look at what David Tepper has said, the one, you know, he was asked, what was the one thing that he learned from Pittsburgh? Patience. And Pittsburgh has had three coaches since Chuck Knoll. I just think that, you know, this is, it has been a bad season. And yes, you look at, what Ron Rivera has done, you look at his full tenure, three winning seasons in eight. Um, but you do have to give him two two-time Coach of the Year, a Super Bowl appearance, and I, I am just not sure that if you don't have a Lincoln Riley or a uh, Bill Cower or a whoever you're going to bring in a Bruce Arians, then then why just fire Ron Rivera because you're just ready to move or ready. I, I just don't think that that's who David Tepper is. But we don't know. So, I, I don't know. So, that's why I think it, I'm closer to 50. I like your position more than I like my own as you
1: bring up the Steeler thing. It'll be interesting to see if that's something he carries with him. Because that's an organization right. that does not fire head coaches. So, right. Rivera has, a, you know, got the two-year extension. He's got one year left. You could He's got one year left. Right. You can, If Tepper carries over that Steeler tradition says, I'm not going to fire this man. We're going to let him play out the contract. Um, and then move on that wouldn't that would be that seems just as plausible a scenario as anything
2: what's marty's contract look like i have Everybody to think knows. it was short
1: wow. jerry was jerry was particular about signing these
2: short extensions right. i think he was, so, i think that was intentional i, I just think it's a I'm, I'm at a Stephen davis who's next what's next on cam to Cam?
3: so just, just just very quickly on the, on the on the wrong thing i i think the only thing i would say to that is that it does feel like as the season has got towards the end some of the moves have felt like a coach who's kind of right on the edge of having control. It, I, I, I don't want to make a much bigger thing out of that, but just some of the things they've done with player groupings and some of the moves they've made, it does feel like, it feels like someone who knows their job or, or at least someone who's right on the edge of feelings. They don't, who doesn't feel secure that they know they're okay. Like, well,
2: I don't think he feels secure and I, I don't think he should feel secure. Right. And I think, and, and I should, I guess I, put, I I should put a caveat. I think if they lose the last three games and start six and two and finish six and 10, I don't think you can possibly bring Ron Rivera back. I don't think that's something that you can do, but if you start six and two and you finish eight and eight, It's 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 closer for me. That's that's just that's what I'll say.
0: Devin Funches in a Panthers jersey next season.
2: Oh, I will go. um Sir Purr. I was gonna say. <laughs> New- uh, I mean, like Cam Newton. Uh, Sirper for sure. Yeah. Chubb Run. Maybe on a uh, on a on Throwback Thursday
1: on uh, Twitter. Maybe Tbt. You'll see, you'll see him in a Panther jersey. <laughs> yeah. That that Vincent, was, you're you're higher on. No, I've been I've been a, I've been a fun just a fun just fan. I've been in camp fun, but fun, S- fun fun that hit that that game against the Browns was was and it's I'm not saying it was all him, but the fact that he and Cam looked so far apart on what they were expecting and what they were seeing, um, not, yeah, not great, Bob. No,
2: not no, great, not at not all, not great. Vincent. Uh, oh, we may have lost Vincent. So that's it. Oh, he so got upset. About, he, got oh, upset, he, got upset. he did not like that. He is out. He is out. He, is out. he was basically sure like – <laughs> I think it may be our internet. G-F-O-H. So <laughs> H. What Ouch. else do we got? Right. What's next? Vincent's, H- out. Vincent's out. Vincent's out. I'll one, do all one. of his plugs. <laughs> wait, wait, I think it's going to be uh, – <laughs> he's, he's not going <laughs> to be happy with this.
0: Uh, Panthers playing in B of A in 2025.
2: That's
1: a really interesting year just because it feels like it could be about right. I would say uh, I w- I would play um, that they I would say that they are going to be um, still playing there in 2025, but that may be the year before they make the uh, they make the switch. I'll say that it's it's a trade turner. I think 70% that they're still there, but but I think there's a chance it is their last year.
0: What what if I said 2027?
1: Ooh. Then it probably changes. My answer probably changes.
2: Did you hear that? That's that noise. <laughs>
0: oh,
2: that means I'm not gonna be on the podcast anymore. Um, you I think we had I'm a t- one-hour contract. Today. Yeah, <laughs> it was a one-hour contract. <laughs> it's like the old days. When uh, long, I think long-distance um,
1: costs. Sorry, Vincent, you cost too much per minute. We yes. had to let you go for the last insert
2: time. insert. Twenty-five cents, twenty-five <laughs> pence. No, ugh, gross. I um, that. I think that. Uh, Uh, yes, I still think they'll be playing at Bank of America Stadium through 2030, and then I think they're going to build a new stadium that's going to be right next door, um, or right across, right catty corner across, and uh, I don't think they're going to be moving out of Uptown Charlotte. Agreed. I do do think that they will have a practice facility in Fort Mill.
0: I agree with both of those statements. I don't think there's ever a scenario where – Panthers move out of uptown even if it's building a brand new stadium right next to it.
1: There's a great spot on Tivola that's just waiting for a development <laughs> that I think they, <laughs> they should look into. Going to be big. There's a sports bar already over there. Jocks and Jills. Yeah. It's the Still home there. of the
0: Nebraska Cornhuskers. In case you were wondering, if oh, you want really? to oh. football with us.
1: so, I so you can like home. You can go out to the middle of nowhere and watch watch the games,
2: <laughs> just like home.
0: Exactly. It is just like home. That's why I like to go there.
2: And plant a bunch of corn around there.
0: All the corn. Colin, where can people find you on the internet if you uh, want to be found?
2: Well, well,
1: if I want to be found and where I would hope you would find me would be at ColinCLT CLT on Twitter. I'm not sure of all the places
2: you may find me on the <laughs> internet, but some of them
1: uh, may be um, uh, not o- not acceptable. Any
2: websites that you... Uh, oh, uh, Vincent wants us to know that he's a Polardi on Funchess playing <laughs> in, a, in a Panthers uniform. And he's a Trey Turner on, on okay. Bank of America. So he's right there with you. Um, Josh? You can find me um, at... Josh Klein rules on Twitter and on Instagram. That same way, uh, you can also you should check out the. Uh, apparently, I said um, I told somebody that I was at Josh Klein rules on Twitter, and the response was, "What are you in eighth grade?" I think I think that's a fine Twitter handle. Whatever. Uh,
0: that would have been uh, Will from uh, Fox. Oh, was 46. it somebody that's from Fox? It was 46, on the pregame show on Sunday.
2: Yeah, thanks for that, Will. See if I ever come back on that show. <laughs> Will Kunkel. More like Will Junkle, if you know what I'm saying. He's junkie. Um, yeah, you can find me there. You can also find uh, – you should check out the rest of the shows on the Riot Network. I know it's not a great time to be a Panthers fan, so you may not want to um, be a – Uh, may not want to be all in on Panthers stuff, but, uh, the, the rest of the pods, it is what it is with Taylor Heineke coming out this weekend. Uh, Chris Manhertz is next week. Uh, roaring riot podcast is doing a great job. Keep pound den is killing it. If you like, if you're angry about the Panther season, (laughs) you should listen to Bobby on keep pound den because he is inevitably angrier than you.
0: I love it. I love it, and uh, that's and a quarterback of the future, as said by Josh about 30 minutes ago.
2: Awesome. Uh, ask Ask Vincent what, who, how, how they can find him on the internet. Uh,
0: where Where can uh, they find Vincent on the internet?
2: Or you can find me on the internet at uh, <laughs> I'm on Twitter at v richardson four four four, and you should follow me because I don't have a lot of followers, and. Uh, and it's a it's a real shame because I do I do I do good tweets.
0: You started with an Australian accent for the first sentence.
2: I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> and then you
0: turned into Russell Brand. Now
2: nah, b- my name's Vincent Richardson. <laughs> Vincent.
0: Okay, that was interesting. Um, this has been one day contract, part of the Riot Network, powered by Ortho Carolina. Vincent Richardson. <laughs> Vincent Richardson. Cheerio.
2: Is that that means hello, right? Yeah, and
0: I think so. Vincent,
2: come on, dog. What? Is, how do you say goodbye in English? Come on. All right then.
0: All right then, Vincent Richardson. Your one-day contract is up. Uh, See you next episode.
1: Bye, good guys.